I feel it's important to share. Uh, those of you who've been around, who um, we've been sharing about the gospel, the gospel message, the gospel of the kingdom. And the last few weeks, I've been talking about healing, which is a part of the gospel, which is a part of God's kingdom. And we see that demonstrated through Jesus Christ, his ministry on this, on, when he was on the earth. And I realize and I recognize and I fully, I'm fully aware that talking about this type of subject can be very explosive or very scary or very um, challenging because it can bring up all kinds of emotional stuff that's, that's been tucked away in your heart. And unfortunately, for that reason alone, sometimes we can be afraid to touch that because we don't want to cause any waves or we don't want to cause any pain in any people. And I believe two reasons why the Holy Spirit wants to address this right now. One, to heal your heart. I mean, he's not excited about you staying in a position where your heart is hurt and broken. He doesn't want you to stay there. There is healing for that. Just like we talked about with the abortion issue. He doesn't want you to stay silent and broken and hurt, but he wants to pull, call you out and heal and minister to you. And so if you have issues or you have hurt, heart wounds because of someone not getting healed, someone dying after you've believed God for their healing, or someone, you know, there was a group of people that believed God for their healing and it didn't happen, and therefore you're heartbroken or you're, you're wounded, I can relate to that. Personally, I can relate to that. But I'm not going to stay there because I know that's not the Lord's will for me. And also, another thing is, just like a lot of other things, in the, you know, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the Bible, biblical theology and things like that, there are so many different extremes that we take that those streams are lethal and dangerous and they, they hurt people. They wound people. They destroy people. They destroy relationships. And I believe that as I've been talking about this, it, you know, when it brings up things from your past, and I can say one thing, and you can assume that I mean something. And you may be right in your assumption, or you may be wrong in your assumption. And so today I want to talk on some things. There's four points I want to talk about, because what I've stated before is I believe it's the will of God for every man to be healed. That he made provision for everyone to be healed. That's what I believe. I believe that's what Jesus modeled. You know, when he, when he ministered, everyone who came to him wasn't, uh, I mean, was, wasn't turned away. And that kind of thing. And I don't want to go back into all that for the sake of time. But I want to explain what I mean by that and then answer some of the questions that can arise because of that. So first of all, what am I saying and what I'm not saying? Number one, God's will. I believe it's God's will and desire for every man to be healed. It means his desire, his express will, and not necessarily his determined will. He made provision for our healing. And what I'm going to talk about is there are different words, two particular words that are different when it comes to God's will. The first word is... Volume, which is to plan with full resolve, determination. 
Balume resolutely plan is a strong term that underlines the predetermined and determined intention driving the planning, wishing, resolving. In contrast, so Balume is, this is going to happen, the will of God. This is going to happen. Let me give you an example. Romans 14, 10 through 12. But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. So the Lord says, as I live, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess. That's going to happen. Whether you agree or disagree, whether you feel like it or don't, that is going to happen. That is the determined will of God that at some point in time, every knee will bow. Are you with me? And that word, and so there's a difference between what what God has declared that's going to happen. Jesus is coming back. He's going to establish his kingdom, whatever that looks like. We're going to be with him caught up in the air and be with him forever. That's going to happen. That is his determined will. And that word is bolume. Bolume. It's a Greek word, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Then there's another word. It's called fellow. In contrast, fellow focuses on the desire, wishfulness behind making an offer. God's fellow offers can be rejected. But his balume planning always works out his purposes, especially in conjunction with presetting the physical scenes of history. So God's determined will, balume, is going to happen whether we like it or not. He will have his way. But then there's a thaleo, fellow, excuse me, and thalema is another root of that word, which means this is God's expressed desire. This is what he made provision for. This is what he wants for us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. Let me give you an example. First excuse me, First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification in honor. It is God's will for you to possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor, to abstain from sexual immorality. That is God's will. But the word there is the lemma. It's God's desire. That is not his determined will. Can you understand? Are you getting the difference so far? See, this is, the Lord says, this is how I want you to live. This is his desired expression, his will for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do that. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Because he's given you and I a free choice. Am I making sense so far? So when we talk about healing, remember Jesus was asked by the um, leper, or he, he was told, he said, if you want to, you can make me clean. You can heal me. And Jesus said, I want to. That word was fellow. That's my desire. That's my wish. I want to do that. And then he touched him and healed him. Are we together so far? And do you realize in the gospel, when we see the, the scriptures, we see that, you know, by his stripes we were healed. 
that uh, Jesus demonstrated healing, the provision of the kingdom. He told the people, he said, go and preach the kingdom. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons. He did all those things. So we see in the gospel that provision, there is provision for our healing. And it's God's desired will. It's his expressive will. He wants that to happen in us and through us. Just like he made in the, in the kingdom, in the gospel, there's the same provision for sin, for freedom from sin. And we talked about the sexual immorality. In other words, it is God's desire for us to be free from sin. When we are born again, the Holy Spirit lives, with inside, lives inside of us. There is provision for us to be totally free from sin. Period. Do you agree with that? Is everybody free from sin? Is it God's will for every believer to be free from sin? There's provision for that. And many of us or all of us are on different parts of our journey in obtaining and walking in that. And I believe it's the same thing for healing. There's provision for that. He made provision for all of us. And we are in different parts of our journey in receiving and walking in that. So it's God's will for a person to be free from sin, free from addiction, but them not walking in or receiving that, walking in that doesn't mean it's not God's will. Okay? So even though it's God's provision, everyone doesn't walk in complete victory of sin. But that provision is available. Okay, number two, second point. Does God use sickness? Does God use sickness to help or to glorify himself in the sense of, of um, you know, teaching somebody or, or doing wonderful things through their lives? There's a verse, Romans 8, 28, in the New American Standard Version. Do we have the New American Standard for this one? Okay, great. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I love this verse. This verse is packed full of hope and redemption and and freedom, knowing that Whatever situation I find myself in or whatever circumstances thrown my way, God's promise is, is that he can cause that to work together for my good. However, there can be a, a different translation, and we know that God causes all things. God causes all things. To work together. So that means God causes the situation and then he'll use it for my good and his glory. That's the way that's interpreted. And I disagree with that interpretation. I don't believe God causes the situation, but he will use the situation to glorify himself and better your life. Do you see the difference in the two? And there's good reason, there's good reason why we would believe 
that God can use sickness because, for example, well, let me give you a case of, or an example of, let's say a lady's child is brutally murdered. Okay, let's use that horrible example. A lady's child, a couple's child is brutally murdered. And they deal with that, they grieve through all that and everything. But in the process, the parents of the child, embracing God's grace, wonderfully forgive the perpetrator. And they bless them. They say, we forgive you. We love you. We want you to experience God's love. And then somehow as the news gets, it gets in the news and they find out about this thing and that, man, how can these people be so gracious towards this person? And in that whole situation, people's hearts turn to the Lord. The man, let's say the man who killed the child becomes a Christian, gives his life to the Lord, and people, Christians are so inspired and encouraged that they say, oh my goodness, that is a wonderful demonstration of the grace of God. And so many lives are changed out of that horrendous situation. Did God cause that murder? Was it God's will for that man to murder that little child? God cannot do evil. But God in his infinite awesomeness can take a horrendous circumstance like that and still do something wonderful in the lives of the people who have that tremendous loss and even save the man who did that. And so moving in the area of healing, many of us have seen people, we prayed for people, for whatever reason, did not get healed. And so they're fighting and they're battling this, this disease, this dreadful disease that's just taken them out slowly. And it's horrible. But yet, they embrace the grace of God. They have wonderful attitudes. They're amazing. And we're looking at them saying, oh my goodness, how can they be like this? I mean, the chemo is just tearing them apart. This disease is wreaking havoc on their bodies. And look at their attitude. I mean, folks, that is a miracle. That is amazing when that happens. Because that is a true demonstration of the wonderful grace of God that gives us the ability in horrible circumstances to stand up under that and be a light to people around us. That's awesome. But then from that, then we can come to the conclusion. And I understand how we come to that conclusion, but I disagree with this conclusion. We come to the conclusion that God didn't heal that person because he wanted to use that circumstance for that situation. He got a lot of glory out of it. People were saved. And all the wonderful things that happened. But then we say, well, God used that. Yes, he used it, but he didn't cause that. Yes, he used that, but I believe, and I'm emphasizing my belief. I believe he still wanted that person healed. That was his will, his desire, his wish. Then you say, well, why didn't he heal him? That's a whole nother thing. The whole big, that I definitely don't have time. And that's what we talked a little bit about last week. There are other reasons why people don't get healed. And what happens is, is we put them all at the feet of God's will, God. Either God heals them or he doesn't. And see, we, you know, we believe in the sovereignty of God. 
Amen? We believe that God is sovereign. I believe in some instances we don't properly apply the wisdom, I mean, not the wisdom, the sovereignty of God. You know, we say, well, God's sovereign. God's sovereign. And we don't necessarily understand what that, all the ramifications of what that means. I sure don't. But I believe God gets blamed for things that he didn't do. And we put it under the sovereignty of God. And I don't want to try to go too deep in that because that's a whole another conversation right there. But the point I just want to make is that there are other reasons why people don't get healed other than God wanting to heal them or not. That's the point I'm wanting to make. I believe it's God's desire and will to heal everybody. Some people don't believe that. My desire is not to try to get you to believe my way. My desire is to get you to wherever you are to continue to move forward in the advancement of his kingdom. That's the desired goal here. Because you know what? If you don't believe it's God's will to heal everybody, guess what? We're still going to be partying together in heaven. That doesn't make you less of a Christian. That doesn't make you less spiritual. That doesn't make you less whatever has been put on you. Because I really believe the people in this family love God and are all about his kingdom. That is our mutual desire and goal. I know the leaders here. That's why I am so excited about our leaders and passionate about them because even though we may not agree 100% on things, their passion is his kingdom. And that's why I trust their wisdom. Because I know the end goal is not political maneuvering, you know, trying to jock in the positions so I can be heard more or preach more or be seen more. But it's what can we do as a body to see his kingdom advanced? That is our desire here. If you had enough faith, you would be healed. Well, this is a weapon that many of you have been sliced by or shot with or stabbed with. You know, if you just had more faith. I remember when I was in college, I was a young Christian, brand new Christian. I don't know how brand new, but I was still very, very green behind the ears. I mean, I was spanking new, fired up, excited about Jesus. Well, actually, I still am, so. But, and I was at this church. A friend invited me to their church. I went to this church. It was a small church, met on campus in the student union somewhere. Um, and the, the pastor, I don't remember, remember his name or anything. Anyway, there was a man in a wheelchair, and the pastor said, so-and-so, do you want to be healed today? God wants to heal you. And he said, yes. And now the man was, I believe, a paraplegic. That he, was, he was paralyzed from the hip down, hips down. He says, do you want to be healed today? God wants to heal you today. He said, yes. And I'm excited because I'm about to see a healing. He said, let's get it on, bro. So he comes up in his wheelchair. The pastor prays over him. And he says, okay, let's walk. And he gets him, he you know, grabs him, and, and he pulls him up. And then they're... they're uh, you know, walking around the room, 
and the guy is struggling, and he's doing everything he can, and, you know, walking everything. And this, this lasted for a year, it seemed like. You ever been in those situations that were so uncomfortable, it just seemed like it's like, oh, my goodness, Jesus, take me away now. It's one of those very awkward, very uncomfortable situations. Your heart starts beating, your stomach starts turning. I mean, it's just like, this is, I don't know about this. And it wasn't really what was going on. But then, after they did this for a while, he sat him back down in a wheelchair. Because the manifestation of his healing didn't happen. And then he pointed at him. And he said, God wants to heal you, but you won't let him. I was a brand new Christian, didn't know the Bible hardly, but I knew that was wrong. And the look on that man's face when he said that, pointed at him, and this is front of, in front of everybody. It'd be like if I had someone come up here, and I did that, I demonstrated, and I pointed to him and said, God wants to heal you, but you won't let him. And of course, he was referring to his doubt, unbelief, whatever. And then that man, because he was looking at him, and then when he said that, he just... All the air just went out of him. The life just went out of him. He slumped down. And I don't remember anything else that was said in that service that day. Nothing else. But I knew that wasn't right. That's not the love of God. And that's not how I saw Jesus do things in the, in the Bible. And that thing, even though I've talked about and said our unbelief is what hinders our unbelief. But it doesn't mean, okay, your unbelief, I'm going to take that as a weapon and smack you all upside the head until you get it right. That is not the love of God. That is not how he deals with his children. Do you realize that when Jesus, when Jesus' boys, his disciples, couldn't get that young man set free? Remember that situation? And then... Jesus comes along, and he takes care of the situation. Boom, the guy's set free. And then when they're behind closed doors, and they said, Jesus, why could we not heal the little boy? Why could we not take care of him? You know what Jesus said? He said, guys, you hear that father? Did you hear what that father said? I believe, help my unbelief. That was was the reason right there. It was the father's fault. If the father had believed, then you guys would have got it done. Am I messing that story all up? I'm glad you guys are paying attention. But you know what? That's how a lot of people act. In other words, we put, if Todd comes up here and he's got a a situation and he, I pray for him, he doesn't get healed. Say, dude, if you had faith, you'd be healed. Well, you know what Todd could realistically say? Dude, if you had faith, I could get healed. When the disciples asked, why could we not get it done? Did Jesus even mention the father? Remember the father said, he said, Jesus, if you can do something. Jesus was like, if, if I can do something, come on, man. Of course, I'm just add anyway. And he said, he said, if you only believe. I'm having to paraphrase it because I went blank. If you just believe, and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. 
Every single one of us are in that category. And Jesus did not even bring it up to the disciples when they said, why couldn't we get the little boy healed? But he turned to them and said, because of your unbelief. Point is, if a person wants healing or needs healing and they don't get healed, it's not just their fault. And so we have to stop using that. If anybody comes up here for ministry, or anybody in the church, you come up for ministry, and they pray for you, and you don't get healed, and they throw that one at you, well, if you just have more faith, I want to hear about it. Okay? Because I take issue with that. Not from an offensive way that I'm offended at that, but that's not right. I do not agree with that. I do not believe in that. And that needs to be changed, adjusted. I mean, we make people, you know, it's easy to put the blame on somebody else. I, the model that I believe we operate and we desire to operate under is, remember when the paral, there's a paralyzed guy, either he's paralyzed or lazy, because four guys were carrying him on a cart. <laughs> the Bible says he was paralyzed. They carried him in. They couldn't get to Jesus, so they went up and tore the man's roof apart and lowered him down. What does it say? Jesus saw their faith, their, plural, and then he spoke to the man. He saw their faith, spoke to the man. The man might not have had any faith. Okay, I'm speculating. Or the man and these people, together their faith, Jesus saw it, and then he spoke to the man. So here's the model that I'm talking about. If you come up for healing or come up for prayer, all we're asking is you just come and be open and say, Lord, I I want to be healed. I believe. Help my unbelief. And then we want to be the four people that go with you to Jesus, and we do what we need to do to get it done. That's the model that we have here and that we want here. We're in this together. This isn't, well, if you just had more faith, so when you get more faith, come back and we'll get this taken care of. It's we together are on this journey, this faith walk, and we're saying, God, help us, help our unbelief, pinpoint the doubt and the stuff in my life that's causing me to to hold back or back up or be intimidated or to be fearful or whatever. Because, see, I realize that because of the experiences that I've had, the people that I prayed for. See, because when I pray for someone and I agree to go into battle for them, with them, we're going to pray against this cancer or whatever, man, I give my heart to that. I give myself to that. And when I'm not with them, I'm praying and seeking the Lord. Lord, what is it? How do we need, what, what's going on? And so then I come and lay hands on that person, fully expecting, releasing everything, I, however I know how to. And then when they die, Man, and when you've done that several times, if you don't let Jesus help you, man, you can get really messed up. You can get really messed up. And I was getting to a place where I was really getting messed up. I was starting to back off. I was starting to back up. And I knew that was not the heart of God for me.
Okay, we'll, I'm going to have to talk about that another time because I'm almost out of time. But there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of arguments. She asked about what about it not being God's time. Valid point. Don't have time to deal with that right now. There are many issues, many reasons why we don't see the manifestation of God's healing in somebody's body. Somebody's body. My point is, I just don't want to lay it at the feet of God and make him responsible when I really don't think he is because of his provision. But again, that's just my argument. That's just my belief. However you may believe differently, that's okay. We can still walk together. The only time I can't walk with you is when you say, Jesus is not the only way to God. Then we take up issue. Say, ah, uh uh-uh. We can't have true fellowship if that's where, that's where you stand. But on this healing issue, we can have true fellowship. As long as we say, you know what, we're still growing, we're still moving forward, God teach me. I'm not going to settle in this, I'm not going to stay here. I'm willing to let the Holy Spirit teach me, continue to teach me, and move me forward. Amen. One more point, running out of time, and I've already, let's see. If I go to a doctor, does that mean I don't have enough faith? First Timothy 5.23 No longer, this is Paul talking to Timothy, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Now, some people use this verse. I've seen, I've come to see this verse in a different light. And I think the Holy Spirit showed me something. See, some people use that verse and say, see, it's not God's will to heal everybody because right there, look at that. Let's say, ooh, look at that. Let's pretend like that's not there. No, just kidding. But also, check this out, 1 Timothy 6, 7, excuse me, 2 Timothy, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So in in the first book of Timothy, Paul's talking to Timothy, who apparently had stomach issues. And he said, don't just drink water, but drink wine, too, to help with that. You say, well, see, that's... Right there, God's will not to heal. Here's what I believe in that circumstance. That's where Timothy was at that point in time. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where God wanted him to be. But because Timothy was there, wherever his faith level was, that's where he was. And there was provision. Use wine. That's going to help. And the reason why I say that is because the second book of Timothy, Timothy dealt with fear. He said, God did not give us a spirit of fear. So apparently Timothy was dealing with fear because he challenges him. We don't have to deal with fear because God gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. See, we, sometimes we glorify and we, we, we make the people in the Bible perfect. And we think, well, if Timothy has stomach issues, then it's not God's will to heal him and everybody. And that's a way to look at that. But I see it from a different perspective. That's where Timothy was at that point. And it was okay for him to take, use medicine But then how do we not know that later on Timothy got healed? Here's the point I'm trying to say. When we say, well, if you really believe God, then you wouldn't go to doctors, you wouldn't use medicine, blah, 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 hogwash. I mean, if that's your conviction, then hold, you stand firm on that. But don't try to shove that on the rest of us. Because if I'm dealing with an issue, and I believe God wants me healed, but for whatever reason it's not happening yet, if I need something, if I need to take a medicine or get a condition or whatever to help me now, and then maybe next time I'll have more faith, or maybe next time I'll be in a position where I don't need the medicine anymore. 
That's okay because we're on a journey, folks. Remember? We're on a journey. Doctors, the medication, I believe it's a gift. And some of you may think, well, you're contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. I'm just talking about a lot of stuff at the same time. (laughs) You notice I'm wearing glasses, right? So if I were up here to say, man, you don't have enough faith because you're not blah, 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 then I need to take these glasses off, and then I can't read the words that I'm trying to preach to you. Yes. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. I don't have time for questions right now, okay? But I wouldn't mind, I would love to talk to you afterwards, okay? Because, I, I mean, I, I know, believe me, see, my time is over. I'm already three minutes over, and I apologize for that. I know this is a big issue. This is a big, big deal, huge deal. I understand that. And I know you have a lot of questions, but here's what I would ask you. Remember the relationship thing that is kind of important to us around here? Remember that? If you have questions or this stirs up some stuff and it hurts and you're, you're frustrated, it's like, man, I don't know what to do. Please do not run away without talking first. You see, I don't understand about this. I disagree, whatever. Let's sit down and talk together. If either we care about relationship or we don't. It's either real or, or it ain't, okay? And I know that questions come up struggles and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying you have to talk to me. Talk to one of our leaders. Talk to someone and say, man, I'm really struggling with this. I'm having a hard time with this. And at least we can say, well, let me just pray for you. Just God help us in this. Because we are in this together. And I know there's a lot of questions. And a lot of them you'll ask me, and I'll say, you know what? I have no idea. I don't know. But I'm still pursuing the Lord on the answers. But in the meantime, I'm not going to let me not knowing the answer stop me. I'm going to keep moving forward. Let's stand together. Some of you had good questions. The only reason why I wasn't able to answer those or take time for that is because of our time, and I want to honor you guys with our time. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up and remember the different things, the, the abortion issue that we talked about earlier. If you've got some things going on in your heart or your soul that you're struggling with, ladies or men, please let the Lord minister to you on that. If you have some health issues going on, and you say, well, I've been prayed for a bunch of times. Well, let's do it again. And we want to be the four people that want to carry you to Jesus. Amen? I'm so excited about the kingdom. I'm passionate about him, and I know you are too, and we're going to keep going. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. And, Lord, I just thank you for releasing your blessing on every person and every family here in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for for the Cornelius family's baptism. We thank you for what you're doing and going to do in their lives. And we just thank you for the purposes you have for every single one of us. And we believe you want to heal. We believe you want to set free. And we're going to keep moving together with you in that. In Jesus' name, amen.